Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed podcast. We talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And today we have Amanda Sophia on. She is a feng shui expert. Uh, she's got 20 years of experience in the industry, teaching others, uh, and she's had or I think she said over 30,000 clients she's met with. She goes into people's homes. She's worked with giant corporations, Bank of America, Wachovia, Hewlett-Packard, tons of corporations to feng shui their offices. Uh, and so she has a lot of experience in kind of the flow of a space, uh, understanding uh, how to create a certain environment that elicits feelings of, say, working hard, like in your office, or romance, like in the bedroom. We talk about these different things. She gives some great tips uh, on how to create a more inviting home uh, and how to decorate and, and create a good space uh, for you and your family and your home that has a good spirit to it and a good energy. And so it's a great episode. She's awesome, and uh, she has a lot of wisdom to share. I feel like we could probably talk for three hours about all this stuff, but, uh, you know, she was uh, she was excellent. And, and uh, after, 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 listening, after listening to this episode, you will be a better person for sure, or at least you will want to create an environment for yourself that's gonna make your your spirit feel more uplifted in general and i think that's so huge oh yeah and now that ever, since everybody's been working from home recently a lot of people have been working from home you've got to pay attention to the environment that you're in I mean, if, if if all these big companies are spending thousands thousands of dollars on uh, getting feng shui people to come in and, and figure out how to organize their office space then you better believe it's important to your own office space and your own personal work environment at home uh, and how that matters and it affects your mood and it affects everything so uh, let's let's go ahead and dive into this episode all right let's do it spartans what is your profession any man who must say i am the king is no true king what i do have are a very particular set of skills skills that make me a nightmare if i can change and you can change Everybody can change! Let us all unite! Let us fight for a new world! A decent world! All right, today we have as a guest, Amanda Sophia. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to meet with us. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. So uh, one of the reasons why we reached out to you mainly was because of your expertise around around feng shui. Jared and I were were talking and we were just talking about, you know, improving every aspect of our life. And we kind of, I guess, understood a tiny bit about uh, you know, just creating efficient and, and, and safe and organized spaces. And we we're like, well, let's find somebody who's much more knowledgeable than we are. And so, um, you know, that's kind of the topic of today's conversation and how we're going to go through is, is learning more about uh, the space around us, how we can better utilize that space to uh, really create a better life for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, feng shui has been around over 5,000 years. So, you know, there's definitely aspects of it that are working. Right. And, I think the fact is we spend about 80% of our time inside and now over the last couple of years that has gone up, you know, so most of us are living and working from at home. So it is so vitally important that we have homes that support us, right? Um, 
And so there's so many different ways that I can kind of explain feng shui, but I think the most simple way is you should walk in to your home. And when you walk in, you can either notice your spirits rise or they fall. So basically you step in, because, you know, we don't have control of how the restaurant is or the library or the store. And, you know, there's space that we walk into, we can't get out of fast enough, right? Just how they feel. And then there's some where we're just, wow, this feels amazing. And for a lot of people, they're not sure why that is. But the fact is you do have control in your own home. And so it's so important that when you step into it, it is set up in a way that we hope to help you so your spirits can rise, where you feel safe, you feel supported, you feel inspired, right? Because a lot of the time people are living in a space that is really representing their past. And one of the most profoundly powerful things about feng shui is it really is this reflection of how we feel internally, right? And like I've gone in and out of over 30 thousand homes so I've seen that connection right so um and I, we, I can talk about this all day and all night but feng shui we really look at water as being associated with money right so if I go into somebody's house like I can literally read what's going on in their lives after a minute or so of being in there the first thing if I hear leaking you know taps faucets um depending where in the world you are um I know right away there's money there's money challenges because water is really related with money so, um, you know, it's the first thing I'd be like, well, how is finances? And if you hear that dripping, it's like, okay, it's just, it's dripping out. Same, I mean, if you've got a, a leak, oh my gosh, it's just virtually impossible to keep the money in. And, so in and, some ways- like, And not just like figuratively, but also literally, I had a, a like a toilet that was leaking a little bit because the, the flapper seal was loose. And my, my bill was up like 50 bucks, you know, a hundred bucks. And I'm like, why is all this money going? And it just was, you know, barely leaking, you know, just a little bit. And I had to go change it. So <laughs> yeah, funny. exactly. There's the practical of, oh my gosh, you know, and, and then speaking of um, like plumbing and stuff. So the other thing that I see and everything's connected, you know, so when I see a lot of blocked drains, it's usually meaning that there's blocked emotions. It's like, where are you numbing? Where are you not feeling? And again, it's just the home speaking. If I go into homes and all the light bulbs are burnt out, they're burnt out, which is like they're burning the candle at both ends. If you go in and the handles, the door handles are all loose, hanging off. It's like they don't have a grip on the journey of their life. Or then in feng shui, the homes divide into nine different areas. There's your your love and relationship. There's your prosperity, your career, you know, um, knowledge, there's travel, there's support. And always, you know, where people find that they're having, you know, their challenges, whether it's in their relationships or prosperity or health, that's where there's piles of clutter. And, and what's it showing? Well, the energy is just not flowing, right? So uh, there's just so many like really practical sides to feng shui, but ultimately everything is made up of energy. So here's the deal. It's in your home, your office, your home, everything. It's either blocking your energy and blocking the prosperity, blocking the relationship, or it is supporting you. So there's just two other ways it can be, you know? Very interesting. So it sounds like you walk into someone's home and also the it sounds like the way that they keep their home is the reflection of them, uh, of their internal state. So if they've got laundry everywhere, if they've got, you know, the, the floor's been unswept. It like in my house, if I don't sweep my floor at least two times a day, I have four kids. It will be an absolute, 
I mean, there will probably be ant piles in my room. I mean, and in our kitchen, there's just so many crumbs on the floor. I mean, they literally, it's like, do you even, does any of this go in your mouth or do you just crumble it all up and then just throw it on the floor? And so, you know, we have to continually maintain that because I feel like if you just let your, if you are lazy and you let your environment slip, then that's going to also feed back onto you and it's going to make you more lazy. So it's almost like a, I feel like it's a feedback loop. Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, and it's really like, well, what came first, you know, from, from is it the chicken, you know, that the chicken or the egg? Yeah. Because the thing is, is if you're living in a home that's really pulling down your energy, well, then then eventually you're you're feeling really low vibe and depressed, right? But if you're living in a home that's really, you know, you're really working on getting the vibration really high, you start to feel better internally. And like, if we really want to go as a tarragon it's like there's actually a soul connection with homes and if you really think about any home you've ever lived in there's a soul connection because there's something that that home is there to teach you and you're there to help with the home it's it's really amazing like i have seen uh like homes where people have got divorced and then the next couple might move in and they're great and then same thing same thing and so the thing is is on a really energetic standpoint as well that first couple for example went through a divorce right and there was fighting and pain and but if that was never actually cleared it goes into the walls into the floors and the next people are are dealing with that and you know it's like when you walk into a room and let's just say a couple of friends that you know are in there and they've just had a big fight but you walk in and you're like hey and they're like hey but you're like whoa, we could feel something was going on before we came in there. It, it's just that. So if that energy, and it can be as simple as opening up your windows every day, or, you know, as you were saying, you sweep the floor a couple of times a day, that is kind of your own ritual for clean, clean, cleansing your home and keeping that vibration high, you know? I, I really liked what you had said, um, kind of going just along with that, as well as, as at the beginning, was it sometimes you, you walk into a space and it's like a, I think you called it like a spirit lifter or a spirit downer. It's just kind of, you can feel um, there's, there's so many different things that can make you feel different ways. There, there is a lot of external variables that have impact on, on you as a person, even if it's kind of sub subconscious, it seems sometimes you, you get, you get a little bit irritated when you're in a certain space and then, it's just kind of like, why, why am I, why am I irritated or, or what's going on? It's something feels off. And so I, I've definitely experienced that before. And maybe I thought it was just me being cranky or whatever else, but you know, I, I guess it's, it's, it's the environment too has a large effect on, on your personal state. Absolutely. And we look at things like chi is what we would relate to as good flowing energy and feng shui. And then there's sha, which is kind of like a dead or stuck or kind of a more, lower vibration right so and then there's sight you know there's the five senses so sound sight touch you know so for example if you let's just say a store you walk into it and someone like the music is blaring right it's like that's what we might call the sound shot and you're like i have to get out of here this is hurting my ears and it's the same thing if you live in a home that's next to somebody drilling all day or and here's a great example jared because you were saying you've got four kids i've got you know, two children and um, for some people might be like, oh my gosh, the house across the school is for sale. That's awesome. Great. Walk the kids across back and forth. And they love hearing the bell going and the kids, you know, yelling around the yard during lunch break. And for some people might be like, oh my gosh, we got this house next to a school. It's driving me crazy. You know, so what is Shaw or good for one person? So it's really like, who are you? What do you want in your life? What is important to you? And then let's 
align that, you know? So, and that's the beauty of feng shui. Anything can be improved. Like, let's just say, for example, you're, you are at that home across from the school and it isn't feeling good to you. Well, we can do things like, you know, get fountains going outside, you know, wind chimes, just even things to counteract that. So you do have sounds that you love because it isn't always as simple as let's just move or something. So that is the beauty of feng shui. Um, and even as you were saying, you know, it's like sometimes I say to people, and this is a great question for everybody. Next time you step inside your home, just take a minute and close your eyes and just notice how you feel. Do you feel better after stepping in or do you feel kind of like just heavy? And then just open your eyes and just have a look around. And it could be that you come in your door and you just like dump the mail and you dump all the shoes. And so the front door barely even opens. And that is enough to kind of lower your vibration, like depression in the front door. And then I say to people, like, look around your home and look at your artwork. What is it saying to you? And you'd be amazed and then people are like, I don't know, I've never even thought of that. And it's like they got stuff that was on sale or they were gifted stuff and they just stick it up around their homes. They don't even like it. And it it's annoying. You know, they said you feel how you felt when you've gone into some spaces. It's like, so take a moment, slow down and look what is in your environment from your art to the colors that you've chose. Like the amount of people that have never even given thought. And see, I love your podcast because you're all about empowering people, giving them tools. And the interesting thing is, I think the environment is usually one of the last pieces that people look at. They look at their diet, they look at their thoughts, they look at everything. But like, here's the deal. If you're spending 80 to 90% of your time inside and your home is everything from the past, piles of clutter, uh, like all the furniture set up so it's not flowing, you're not supported. And then you kind of wonder, huh, why am I not succeeding in the way that I wish in whatever area of your life? Amen, sister. Yeah, (laughs) I totally agree with that. I think that is a that is one variable that is very overlooked. We're always thinking, you know, think internally and personally, and and you know, get your mind straight and get your 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 body straight and get healthy and different stuff. But yeah, what kind of environment are you are you basically living your life in? And one question that I, I that I had was is 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 feng shui is it like directly related to cleanliness or can you have someone that Maybe is there? There is a little bit of clutter or whatever, but maybe that clutter makes them feel comfortable. Or let's say the person that uh, you know, you said you went into a house and the music is just blaring, and for me, maybe that's uncomfortable. But maybe for the person whose house it is, maybe that's like their their space. And so, is it is it fluid or is it is there kind of like one set one rules. line? <laughs> yeah, set set rule that's kind of like okay, well, the cleaner your house is, the better you'll feel. Or You know, and Ethan, I love that question. And I think that is so important. And by the way, yes, diet, thoughts, all of that is so, so important. But just and and so is your environment. And I think absolutely like there are some people who love really loud music all day long. And, you know, they like their home hotter. Some like their home colder. And so it's really like, who are you? And uh, how how can you be more supported right so it is definitely fluid and is definitely flexible but like okay so I want to just kind of go on to some really good powerful tips that people can just you know take away so the first thing is and it's super practical and Jared you've already talked about it but it's like get everything fixed in your home so like I talked get the fresh light bulbs in <laughs> from the ones that are burnt out 
fix the plumbing, like fix the leaks. And, you know, the other one is like cracks, you know, in the driveway or cracks as you come in the front door. And, and speaking of a front door is one of the most important parts, right? It's like, it's the mouth of where all the energy enters, right? So here's the main thing is you want to make sure your doorbell's working well, the knocker is, it's got fresh paint on it. It's got a beautiful like welcome sign. Cause you know the way sometimes there can be joke ones of like, you know, keep away or something like that. Like it is all really powerful messaging. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you and all are familiar with Dr. Emojo, the Japanese scientist with the water molecules. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? He spoke to the molecules and like one of them, he would say, I hate you. And another one, he would say, I love you. And, and they actually froze differently or they look differently. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. So <clears throat> feng shui is the same way, right? So, cause we're what 80% made up of water, right? And so, well, let's just say that welcome mat as we come to our front door. Are we welcoming abundance, relationships, success, or is it going to say go away, right? So every time we step on that welcome mat as we come in our front door, it's like, I'm welcoming, I'm welcoming myself, my family, opportunities in, and does my front door open all the way or is it like halfway and then there's clutter behind it or you know here's the other thing is you put your key in and it's not work like it's like what's that say if your own key barely works in your front door yeah like do you it's like that's showing there's a lack of flow right there so and then you know healthy boundaries are really important too and I'm, i know you guys talk about that like being really clear on our energetic boundaries our physical boundaries emotional like all our boundaries right so the home is the same way there a good solid working front door boom that's your boundary right there that your boundary up at your gate right like and sensing all the way around like it's not like this is mine and this is yours but it's also like yeah this is my sacred space and I don't necessarily want the dog doing what it does every time you go past my lawn you know like so there's a balance in having welcome and welcoming our friends, people that we would love to have come into our home, opportunities, and we're going to have really healthy boundaries here. So a nice, you know, gate, the front door in good working order, it can open all the way. And um, like a color that that brings us joy, like color is really important, color psychology and how color affects us, right? So that's the front door. We want to make sure everything's flowing. It's really welcoming and it's bringing into our lives what we want. But then when we step inside our front door is the next step, right? So get everything in good working order. If you've got cracks on, in, in the windows and the glass, that's how we look out on life, right? And we want to look out in life in this really positive. We want to see it not through dirty windows, right? Or cracked. Same with the mirrors, our plumbing, um, you know, anything that's cracked or broken inside the home, get everything fixed, like all that stuff, I'll do it, whatever, right? And then even you were saying, okay, so, you know, clutter, right? So, you know, we're, we're all allowed to have things that we love, right? And I'm all into minimalism. I'm all about that. But I also get it when we've got young kids or we've got children and there's many of us, everybody has to be honored in the home. So when it comes to clutter, here's the deal. You want to ask these three questions. Do I need it? Do I use it? And do I love it? Do I need it? Do I use it? And do I love it? So does it pass all of those? So if it does, it's not clutter. But if it's stuff that you don't need, use or love, you were just given, like the amount of homes I've been in and out of, and it's like, oh, well, such and such gave me that. I feel like I have to have it there. Do you like it? No. Okay. Are you really honoring that person? Are you being authentic? Are you just like 
living your life people pleasing you know so it's really interesting how the feng shui shows up and it's representing all your your ways in life right so it's like so the second piece of advice is let go of anything out of your home that aren't those three things so because that all then is clutter right and so when it comes to clutter we tend to hold on to things because it's a lack right oh you know i don't keep those four wine openers and if i really need one like what am i going to do do you know what i mean so it's like i'm abundant and i only am going to have in my environment what inspires me and makes me happy and i don't even care if a few of your walls are empty because you had all this artwork that you got because it was on sale or you inherited or somebody gave it to you like it's really a sovereign act a very empowering act to say i'm only gonna have in my space what really lifts me up that's like that serves and that brings me joy in my space yeah i love that uh one of the questions I had for you on that is that a lot of the see, my wife and I are fairly minimalists. We don't like to have a lot of clutter, and I feel like, you know, how much is this? This is taking space in my house. You know, I'm kind of an economist. Like, how much money am I spending on this thing that I don't like to take up space in a closet somewhere? But I feel like a lot of the stuff that I just have that I, I'm reluctant to throw away is like old memento stuff. So like old journals or things that from when I was a kid or like my wife has an old trumpet from when she was a kid and she has you know things when she was a child and like how do you how do you what would you recommend around that like do you toss this old I mean I don't like it I'm not using it but I mean maybe someday I I hate to throw away that history you know (laughs) I don't know well I mean let's say your wife's trumpet for example like does she love this you know, no, <laughs> but it's like so nostalgic. She can't throw it away. Well, you know, you know, the, the famous clutter clearer, Maria Condon, like she's incredible. And, you know, her thing is, is you touch it and does it bring you joy. Uh-huh. Right. So I, I definitely think it's really good to have some kind of a, like a mementos box where there's like some special things that you put in there. You know, it's like, it doesn't have to have a sense of purpose, but like, and it doesn't have to be 10 boxes, but you just put into one box. Yeah. Right. But there's a lot, a lot of energy in stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of energy. And there's usually sub subconscious, unconscious reasons as why we're hanging on to stuff, right? Um, and I think journals are a biggie because you mentioned journals, right? So like there's, and it depends what the purpose of the journals are. But, you know, I, you know, have a practice every morning where I write out and I like clean, clear my inner clutter, you know, like yeah. I have my own journal. And it's like, I definitely don't want to keep those journals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I love to, you, you know, don't, birth stuff. You don't, want your ki- you don't want your kids reading those journals in the future, your grandkids. <laughs> and I don't even want to be reading them within a month or two, you know. <laughs> so, it's like, it just depends what the purpose of that is, you know. Um, and then, like, a huge one is, it's like, I work with a lot of people that are either single, want to come into a relationship. Because, like, if somebody's single, you can in seconds know because there's nothing but single everything all over the space, and that's hmm. what it's representing. Um, or if somebody... Let's say, for example, I've looked, worked with a lot of men, a lot of women who are going to the space and they want to be in a relationship, but they have tons and tons of crap from past relationships. Like even people have their wedding rings and still in the jewelry box or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, it's going to be really hard to let a new person. And we know that when it comes to work, I've worked with a many different large, large businesses, DreamWorks, Bank of 
of America, watch Sylvia Bank, um, and worked with tons of them. And it's the same thing. And one of these large financial companies I worked with, they, this is, oh my gosh, I'm dating myself now because I've been doing this over 20 years. But it was when things were a lot more paper focused. But when I was working in the office, I was like, okay, you know, there's something going on here in all these drawers that's blocking a lot of work. And they opened up and it was clients' files from, you know, and I know when it comes to different businesses, there's different amount of years you've got to save specific paperwork, but this is well beyond the years. Yeah. Anyway, they like did a whole office thing where they ceased business and they all just cleared all the, all the files of old clients and old stagnant stuff. And literally business went up by 300%. And that's why they sent me to every office possible. <laughs> so it's like clear out the stuff that is is complete and gone. And I am not saying erase your past. That's why I'm like, create a memento box. What are the things that are important for you to keep? Do you know what I mean? Or I see people that have already abundantly full, lovely homes and they inherit an, an entire home full of stuff. And they, you had a guilt or think, gosh, I should save it, shouldn't I? This. And it's like, no, actually, why don't you pick one or two things that are really important to you and that mean a lot and that would feel authentic to you offer it to other people and then the rest pass it off do you know what i mean so i think there's a lot of should and you know and then what it does is that's what really causes clutter and blocks in our lives you know and in our homes yeah that's interesting i didn't know that you did consulting for these big banks and uh, that's that's so interesting that uh you know mm-hmm. the revenue they all use changed. it I did Hewlett Packard. I mean, even like all the Coke, all Coke, like all the large corporations use it because they know that you know people feel better and more comfortable. And when we feel more comfortable at home in our space, we have less sick days. We get on better with people, and we thrive. And at the end of the day, when it comes to businesses, there's more productivity and stuff. Yep. And so. <clears throat> And then when, when let's just say it's, it's a business where public come in, well, when it feels really good to the public and, you know, really good feng shui to me is you feel better after coming into the space. You feel better, like you feel uplifted from being in the space, you know? So like I work with people to help them sell homes, to find the right home, that kind of thing. Um, so if somebody walks into a space and they feel more uplift like people always say come into my home and I have to like kick them out because <laughs> it's like okay you've been here a few hours time to go you know <laughs> good here you know yeah um and, and that's when that's when you know you've got good feng shui because people want to come over they want to hang out they want to stay and obviously because things are flowing in your life now just because you've done feng shui doesn't mean everything's perfect in your life right because we still have our karma at our destiny and everything that happens but what it does is even when you're going through the muck right those times of transition and transformation and everything you have this beautiful sacred space you have this bedroom that you can sleep better in and you know be in your relationships in you have an office that you're supported in so it's like it doesn't make everything in your life perfect but you once you have a space that is really supportive for you that's the difference yeah, I, I really, I, I really like that. One kind of question is that I had is going, going through those is, you know, being J- Jared and I are both married. We both have, uh, actually, we both have four kids as well. And huh. how, how do you, how do you share the 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 feng shui, right? So you know, maybe we're talking about the front door, for for example, and and making sure that's a clean space or whatever else. Actually, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. She was like, I want to paint the front door. And I was like, okay, all right, let's paint it. And I was like, what color do you want to paint it? She's like, black. I was like, 
okay, <laughs> you know, I guess, Water. I guess, black, I guess black is a color, right? And then, you know, so I guess there's got to be compromises because what is what is uh, comfortable and, and and spirit uplifting for me maybe is not the same for my partner. And so what what is the the balance there? What is maybe a way that you can balance between my my idea of feng shui and hers? Yeah, that's and that's really important. And so obviously this is not something we can talk about in our hour together, but um, there's a whole part of feng shui that's based on the year your building is built, the exact year that the roof went on, it was however the stars were aligned. And when the roof went on, it captured this energy. It's the same thing if you've ever had an astrology reading based on the minute, the second, the hour you were born, there's a destiny that you come in and based on how all the cosmos are aligned. So with feng shui, it's the same thing, the exact time that the roof goes on captures the energy in the space same thing that whenever time that you were both born you come in with your own chart as well so from a like which i can't get into you know when we have an hour together but yeah. based on that we do look at what element you are what element the house is through directions like what goes place where but to answer your question in a kind of more um generic way i suppose in some ways um, it is really important that everybody is honored in the space. Really, really important that everybody has their space and everybody is heard. Because it's really interesting. Like a lot of the time, um, I'm I've been hired by people, um, and you know, it's, sometimes it's a couple. And she walked in and then we love this color. We love everything. And then he might go, actually, I don't. I've just never told you. And she's like, <laughs> what do you mean? And then like it all comes out like. He hates this and she just I'm like it's like, but you know, they both got a voice. So I think like to make it way easier from the very beginning, um, like everybody gets honored and heard and listened to before pink colors start getting done and you know, beds or whatever start getting bought. Um and then especially like for new people moving in together, you know, it's like, oh, we're so in love, let's just move in. You know, it's like, no, have those conversations, have those conversations about what's important to you. And you love things really loud. I like things really quiet. I like things really hot. I like things, you know, whatever. We talk about these things because we just want to talk about the fun, fluffy light things. And then all the stuff comes up after. And it's like, well, we should have really had that conversation. So I think, well, and with your wife, for example, her wanting black, it sounds like she wants the water element because the colors for the water are blues and blacks. And it could be based on her year of birth that she's a water element or she is a wood element. And what does water do to the wood it feeds us? Now, I don't know if you are either of those elements. So it could be, you know, earth blocks water you know so it's really interesting when we look at kind of the more um, mathematical side of things based on some of these elements but I think what's really really important and we've been talking about a lot already is do you feel inspired by it now I didn't feel that you felt overly delighted with having a black front door you know um, and I do feel that a vibrant color um, is going to attract the chi so like if for example if somebody lives on a slope or they have a canyon off the back or something, what happens with the, the energy, the chi, like we've been talking about, it tends to drip away, right? Or there's another kind of real no-no in feng shui when the front door aligns with the back door because the chi comes in one door and shoots right back out the, the back. And those houses, it's literally impossible to keep the money and there's remedies we can do. And it's really interesting because, you know, I'm born and raised in Ireland, live in America for 20 years, but I'm back in Ireland now five years. And, um, when I lived in America, um, 
the entire Chinese um, area in, in Los Angeles. Like they, for example, will not go look at a home with the front door and back door in line, and they will not go look at homes that are associated with the number four, because in, in China, in Mandarin, it relates with the word death. Hmm. And so um, it's, it's just really interesting. It's also people's relationship with certain traditions and colors. Like in India, black is the color for um, weddings, whereas over here it's funerals, you know? So it's like, what is somebody's upbringing even their connection with those colors? And what does it bring up for them? What does it trigger in them? Or how does it bring them alive? So there's a whole psychology to the color. But at the end of the day, it's really like, what is going to make both you really happy, all of you when you're coming in the front door? So if there's slopes and stuff, the energy tends to flow out or the front door back in line. So if somebody is having a challenge where the chi isn't really getting like their house at the top of a hill and we need to get the energy up there, we will use things like bright colors at the front door, like lots of beautiful, you know, fresh flowers at the front, you know, bright colors, because that will bring the chi more. So a lot of the time having the front door a little bit more like it's like stand out, you know, when somebody goes to a talk, they might wear the color red because it will get them more attention. Well, it's no different with feng shui. It's the same thing. You know, the color will have a huge effect. So I don't know if that totally answers your question or complicated no, things. It, it, no, <laughs> now no, going to have was, a conversation, was, a heart to heart with his wife. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, and and the funny thing is, there's there's some things that it just I don't really care what you do. I mean, and I guess I don't really know what it would look like until it's done. And I, I, I I'm on the the let's say the 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 colorblind spectrum. And so the door that we have right now is like a dark green, and so it looks black anyway. So it's just like <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I hear you. And it's like, okay, what really matters to you? Yeah. And what what really matters to you? Okay, this is really important to me. We have a black door. Well, it's really important to me that our headboard's on this wall. So that's another thing. So I think we should talk about that because I'd love everybody to, to leave with some really helpful things that they can shift around their homes that will support them more. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the bedroom, first of all, because in order for us all to feel good in life, we know how important a good night's sleep is and also intimately. So the bedroom they say is for rest and romance, right? So the main things to keep in mind is headboard and how that is positioned. So of course, when we talk about your date of birth, there's specific charts, you know, directions that help, but what's even more important is, and what I would say to you, Ethan, are you sitting there all the time? Is that your desk position all the time? It is. Well, yes, it is. Okay, so from feng shui, if you have a door at your back, and I don't know if that's the main door in that room because I see another door to the left, but I'm not sure yeah. if it's the closet door. That's the, yeah, that's the closet and the main one's behind me. Yeah. <clears throat> so what happens in feng shui is we look at that as like this fast-moving chi right behind you. So people are coming in like the door and like, I don't know, you know, you've got four kids, your wife, mm-hmm. so there's going to be people perhaps coming in outside the door. And so it's like this feeling of what's going on behind my back that I'm not aware of, you know what I mean? And also, and if you go back even to the mafia, like they will not go into a restaurant and sit with their backs to the door because, you know, they, you know, we want to feel protected from behind. So we call that in feng shui, like mountain support, but we want to be able to see the door. Like we want to be able to see it because we want to know, and it allows on a practical level, it allows our nervous system to relax. It's like, Okay, I'm protected from behind because nobody's coming. And that's primal. We're going back thousands of years, cavemen. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I need to have solid behind me and I need to see the door. Like, I've traveled the world. I've visited nearly every sacred site there is. And they're all built in such a way 
that you can see friends or foe are coming and that you're supported behind. Now that's the same for your office. You want a solid wall behind you, maybe see the door and the same thing for your bedroom. Because if, if you can see the door at night, it means you can rest more because, you know, and then it's interesting because they say the one that positions lies on the side of the bed close to the door is more the protector. And then the one on the other side, you know, it's, it's that's like totally, it's kind that's of totally how it is in our room. Yeah, I'm kind of, I, well, our bed, the door is just right at the end of our bed and I kind of sit on the, on the side where if something, if somebody needed to get up to take care of a situation, it was going to, it would be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's another thing. So it's, you know, it's better to, well, the door at the foot of the head um, or the, at the foot of the bed. And mm-hmm. um, again, that's a lot of chi coming at you. So ideally in a perfect world, if we had a solid wall behind us and the door off to the side, that's the idea. And I get it. That's not always possible because we've got closets, doors into bathrooms and windows. So that's the next thing. We'd rather not sleep under a window. Again, we want to sleep and sit at our desk with a solid wall behind us. And we want to be able to see out the window. So when we wake up in the morning, if we can see the sunrise or whatever time you get up or, you know, that's really inspiring and we feel safer and will support a good night's sleep. If you have to sleep under a window and you've got no choice, you want a solid wooden headboard. Because if you've got like metal, it makes it harder to sleep. It's a really high energy element. Um, And a solid wood, if you think of like the roots of a tree going into the earth, it really helps ground us as we sleep. So a solid headboard. And if you have to sleep under a window, like nice thick curtains. And of course, if it's in your house and they're solid, you know, good windows, it's better than an older house that have kind of drafts coming in because that can cause creaks in the neck. And then ideally, we'd rather not have our headboard um, up against the bathroom with the pipes and stuff like that, because there's a lot of movement of energy there. Um, and then we want to keep all the electrical stuff to a minimum, right? Like it's rest and romance. Does really anything need to be in there? Like if we're finishing projects on our laptop, what's that saying to our partners? When we could be intimate, we could be communicating about our day. You know, it's like work is more important. And then we've got the EMS, electric magnetic fields that we'd be bringing into the bedroom. So we, we want to keep those to a minimum. Um, and the same kind of things come into the office. We want to set the desk up like solid support behind us. We can see the door. And like the office is really important. And especially with a lot of people working from home right now. And especially if they're your own businesses, like, you know, it's like what we put into it, we receive. And like, we all know this We're all you know, our own business owners. So um, I think it's really important. You know, the way we're talking about boundaries but we have boundaries with ourselves as well because it's like we get a sign on our door and it's like closed. I'm done. Like I'm not. And that's the thing. We don't want that in the bedroom because it, then, then we're stressing like, oh, did I send that email back? Did I do this? Did I, you know, and it's like you have your office and that gets closed and you're done for that day or, you know, whatever works with your schedule. Yeah. How would you recommend, you know, you know, in some situations, uh, people do have an, another office. You know, for example, myself, I, I do have another, like a, a separate office kind of room in my house that we're able to. You can see we we got some padding on the walls here. Meeth and I come yeah. and record uh, podcasts here quite often. Uh, but in some situations, you know, people's houses just don't work out and to where they have the ability to have a separate office, and so they may have an office in their bedroom or something like that. How would you recommend that, you know, even though they're in a non-ideal situation with a door to their back, you know, uh, how, how, how can they still uh, create an environment maybe where there's a little bit of a separation 
even if they, if let's say they have to have their office in their bedroom or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've worked with people that live in a studio and it's all in one room, you know? So it's like, we want to flow and make whatever space you're living in as supportive as possible. So if you have to, you know, you have to have your desk in there and, and that works for you, you know, what we want to do is, um, you can get kind of desks, you know, that you actually close, they've got doors on it and kind of pulls the thing out. So that's like ideal because it's completely closed and you can turn the computer off so there's no EMFs and, and just make sure. And I think this is a really good practice for all of us anyway. Let's say we're, we're finishing up for the day. And, and this is something I implemented with a lot of the businesses that I was working with is 15 minutes before, like you just kind of close up all your tasks, you tidy away. You know, I know there's not a ton of paperwork anymore, but just give that last 10, 15 minutes of the day to kind of organize everything. Because we know when we come in the next day and everything's kind of organized, it's so much easier to flow versus a death that, you know, everything's all over the place. Um, so if you can have it really organized and then when you, and if you don't have one of those desks that close, what you can do, and if it's just a desk, you can do a screen around it. Or if you don't want to do either of those options, you just have a desk, the laptop gets closed down. And even if you just have a piece of fabric that you place over it or the laptop gets closed and the desk is completely clean, boom, you're done. Like that, that's it. Closing down the laptop means we're done. We're done here for the day. You know? I, I think there's definitely something ritualistic about that kind of closing. You know, there's been days where I'll just, you know, leave my laptop open for work and and if I leave it open, then it, it, whenever I get emails, even though it's even though it's like, I guess, gone to sleep, it, it still like dings when I get an email. And so it'll I'll hear it ding at like eight o'clock at night. And my mind is like, oh, you know, I got an email and, and I'm downstairs or something like that, or, or, or I'm trying to get ready for bed or whatever else it may be. And so I, I think that's, you know, almost ritualistic of what it's something I'm going to start doing is kind of at the end of the day, I'm going to turn my laptop off. Just like, not just log off, but turn it off. And then I can just turn it back on in the morning. I love that. Yeah. Love that. And that is, then it's like, okay, you know, same thing with me. My phone goes off by, you know, 7 p.m. And it's just like, ah, oh, it's gorgeous. You know, just that, that, it's kind of like, I'm done. I'm clearly done, you know? Yeah. And um, same thing with first thing. And that's actually a big kind of sanctuary thing. We look at the EMS, the electric magnetic field levels. And I suggest, you know, you got your bedroom area and then that all that equipment, you know, phones get charged, like get a charging station as far away from the bedrooms and stuff like that as possible. And I actually turn off my internet every night. So there isn't any of those kind of frequencies going through the house. And yeah. it really promotes a really good night's sleep. That's great. I've I've heard a little bit about that. One thing I want to ask you specifically about the bedroom, and I think I would be remiss, and our listeners would be remiss if I didn't ask this, but how can we create maybe a, a more romantic, uh, sensual environment? Ooh. Like, what kind of colors or what kind of things can we do? You talked about, you know, the the security of being, you know, with your back to a solid wall, seeing the door, you know, ha having that perspective. But what about like creating that romantic environment to oh, work? Oh my gosh, I love that you asked that. Absolutely, that's amazing. Um. I want to tell like a really quick story. Like I, the 30,000 clients I've worked with, there's been a lot of men, but you know, I have my certification where I train people on going out in the world to do this work. And I probably had about 10 men come through the courses in 15 years that so they will hire for the consultations. But so like, 
I've had women going like, okay, can you come on fuck Shui? Like, I'm not saying, I'm thinking to my husband, you know, come on, can you come at this hour? He's at work, whatever. This is years back. Uh-huh. And I go over and, you know, I might, I might say something like, well, it would be really nice if you could share, you know, be honest in your marriage, you know, <laughs> and um, they'll implement feng shui, you know, because sometimes it's more subtle shifts and stuff like that versus like knocking down walls and moving front doors and yeah. stuff. And so then like I might get a call like a month or so later. <laughs> Hello, this is uh, Mr. Such and Such. And I believe you were over at our house and like it's usually money's gone up. The sex got a whole lot better. Hi. And they're like, what else can we do here? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, when it comes to the bedroom, I think there's so much you can do because this is like everything in feng shui. When you walk into your office, do you feel abundant? Boom. That's the question. When you walk throughout your home, do you feel abundant? Do you feel vibrant health? Do you feel love and romance? But if you walk into your bedroom, like we want that bedroom to really, really reflect what you want. So if you want it to be loving and romantic, it needs to be like yelling that the minute you walk in the door, because, you know, it's like create the village and they will come. It's the exact same thing. You create this really romantic bedroom. Well, it's going to attract a lot more romance, right? So um, the first thing is, well, if somebody's single and I go into their house and they're in a single bed, well, I'm like, good luck, (laughs) because you don't even have room for a second person there, you know? (laughs) So ideally we want the size bed where it's enough to fit, but also, you know, I like to have my space in the bed, but you know, like the, the King, the California King, they do say that that can lack intimacy a bit, like, you know, because it is so big. So ideally we kind of like to have a size bed where you're comfortable and you got your space, but you're connected. Right. As I mentioned, the solid nightstand, right. Because, <clears throat> but then what we want to do is we want to have, everything in pairs so we want to have a pair of nightstands because it's like you matter and i matter and we want balance so sometimes if i go into a house and there's one nightstand that's this high and one's that i'm like okay there's a clear imbalance in this relationship and it shows up Hmm. it keeps showing up all through the home so we want you know we want to show that there's balance and we want to show that both are important so then it's like colors so again we we base a lot on colors based on the year the direction the home is built but like practically thinking what's like the love day over here you know valentine's right so it's kind of like a little bit of red so you could bring a bit of that and it's a color for passion right but then we also want to bring earth tones because earth tones is going to promote a good night's sleep it's very grounding and it's very grounding and centering for the relationship but like so again we talked about keeping work stuff out of the bedroom like if we're going to have books we want to have like the room mirror the love books not business books right um, and then we want to like what is the artwork so for a, a couple that are married and they kind of want to spruce things up and bring more romance and like do you, like you don't have any kid pictures in the bedroom who needs the kids staring at with you and your intimate <laughs> yeah like, exactly <laughs> We don't need the in-law. We don't need anybody. You gotta like put the pictures down flat. (laughs) (laughs) But but here's the thing. That is the couple's sacred space. Like that is your space. Like, you know, the home is for, the whole house is for everybody. But that bedroom is for you guys. Now I get it. There's sometimes co-sleeping where they come into the bedroom where they, you know, like, but also at the same time, it is really important. We talked about boundaries, that there is boundaries there and that the couple does have this lovely space and it is, like you know the bedding is more luxurious and you know like the nice stuff is there like whether it's if, if the nice stuff is high thread count like a lot of people if they're single say i'm going to keep for when i'm in the relationship like the nice underwear or the nice you know bedding or whatever it's like no now and 
you're saying that you guys as a couple matter, you know? So artwork-wise, it should be really intimate artwork. Like, what is it that brings the romance alive? And then the only pictures that should be in there is of you and your partner. And really, ultimately, like, fun-loving, light ones, you know? Life can get serious and laundry and making meals and working and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, that bedroom is your guys' sacred space. And nothing, nothing gets in there unless it is supporting rest and romance. So the artwork, the statues, the, like you know, to yeah. just like look through the entire space, the bedding that feels good, you know, make it kind of luxurious and what brings that alive in you guys. I absolutely love that. Uh, that's so great. And, you know, I, I am similarly for your office space. I imagine you would say the same exact thing. Like what motivate, put things in your office that motivates you when you step into your office, you know, have artwork, have things in there that you look at and you say, Hey, this is going to get me going. And I love this. So, um, in fact, my wife got me something for Christmas. Uh, she got me a a little statue of uh, Leonidas, uh, and he's got a big shield, and he's kind of he's got a spear, and he's ready to go to battle. And I have that on my desk, and it's kind of like you know, that's so cool. I, I, I'm sitting here, and I'm at the the cockpit of my pi- of my plane here, and I just go to work, and I, so that kind of keeps me motivated, motivated, and uh, trying to create that space in my cool. environment. I love that. And I love that you shared, you've got this one space recording and it's like soundproofed and all, which is really amazing. And then you have your office. And so it's really saying that this is something that's important to you and your family and you're being supported. So like, that's really cool. So it is, again, it's like creating that space and definitely like I've got my vision board here and, you know, the piece now, this is just for when I do videos and stuff like this, but I have my desk area that I sit at. So when you set up your desk, the piece that is, behind you when you're working is really really important so in feng shui they say like a picture of a mountain is really good because it brings this like strong mountain support behind you but like if you want to take it up a notch you could have a picture of the world the world is supporting you or if you want to take it up a notch from there a picture of the universe the universe is supporting you just or if it's if it's your family they're they're there behind you supporting you forward in life or that piece that is directly across from your desk and that piece, I'm telling you, that piece that is directly across from your bed is going to be the most, because it's the first thing you see when you wake up in the morning. It's the last piece you see before you go to sleep at night. So just think about the power of the artwork. And I don't know if you well, you remember, but like, you know, The Secret, remember yeah, that yep, came out yep. like, mm-hmm. what was it, 20 yep. years ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> But I, there was a whole part in it that talked about artwork and the power of it. And it, there was a feng shui segment in it. And, you know, it was that artist guy. like, well, what do you want? Paint it. What do you want? Paint it. You know, so it's like, and if you are a painter or a writer, you know, we know the power of the affirmations and having, and we talked about the, you know, the Dr. Mo having things in our environment that feed us physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Excellent. You shared so many um, awesome and amazing tips with us. I feel like you, you've shared so many practical tips with us today that I'm going to have to re-listen to this episode you know, a couple times just to implement things and you know, have my wife listen yeah. to it and then go through the house and, and exchange some stuff. But uh, before we dive into kind of... Um, well, first, I, I just want to say that you have a course on this, right? Uh, and uh, you, you offer a course. Tell our listeners where they can find you and, and about, a little bit about your course. Absolutely. Well, my website is joinamandasofia.com and also the International Feng Shui School. And I have an entire certification where if people want to 
do this practice in the world, start a new career through feng shui or add it to something they're already doing um, because we now know the power of the environment. And then <clears throat> that's divided into two. So there's a feng shui your life where you can just learn about it. And, you know, like feng shui is an inner outer thing. So we have to do, as you both know, and as you practice and as you share, we have to do our inner work. And then that reflects on in the outer, right? So the feng shui your life portion really works on, you know, healing the inner child and healing, you know, kind of the inner in order for it to reflect on the outer. Um, and then I have my inner circle of feng shui membership site and I do live classes um, a couple every month for that. So, Great. yeah. Excellent. And then on Instagram, what was your Instagram handle again? Uh, feng, shui, feng shui master certification. Okay, and we'll we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. But uh, we uh, we want to ask you one of the things we always ask our guests is about their personal creed. Now, a creed is a set of beliefs or principles that helps guide you in your personal life. And uh, we were we want to ask you to maybe share a quote or something that helps uh, guide you that you can share with us and our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like little hints of what I've been sharing all along. Um, one of the most important things to me is I, I was talking about it's like when I wake up in the morning, you know, the world has so many demands on us and beautiful things, but also just still where it's outward. So before I go turning on phones, turning on computers, and I, I usually wake up around four. So I wake up before my kids and um, I don't turn anything on and I just the first thing I do is meditate, right? And then I will do my own kind of compassion practice, right? Which is so, so huge because, you know, we really talk about the power of self-worth and, and that is really important, but self-worth, you know, when things aren't going so well for us, it's like we can be really hard on ourselves. So I really love the self-compassion practice where we just kind of, and especially all that's been on the world for the last couple of years to be really kind to ourselves is really important. And I like to journal. So, and then I, you know, if there's space and I'll, I'll work out. So it's like that morning sets me up. Um, and then the other thing is I'm a huge advocate. I live, you know, in the country in Ireland. I'm a sacred mountain here, forestry and river all around. So nature is it for me. <laughs> Getting out of nature, if I can do that every day, that's it. You know, get the kids up the mountains and stuff like that. So I would say they're the biggies for me. Love that. Love it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm similar, you know, for me getting up in the morning, get my routine down, uh, you know, journaling, a gratitude journal, writing my daily goals, working out, uh, planning for the day, uh, similar, you know, I, I think those are all super important things. So thank mm, you for sharing. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, so welcome. Thank you. Yeah. One thing that I've definitely taken away is just the importance of, of the environment. I, I think that can really be overlooked sometimes because it's just, it's, everything that life gets so busy and it's more about the task and less about the, the place where you do the task. And I, I'm definitely going to focus more on my environment because I, I completely agree that there's so much benefit that can be done from having that spirit uplifting feeling in your day, in your life, with your relationships and everything else. So thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you both for having me. It was great. And I really enjoyed our time together. So thank you so much. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Yeah. For all, all the listeners out there, um, hope you enjoyed this episode. I learned a whole bunch. Let's apply the things that we learned and let's build that creed together. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.